Let me begin this morning by explaining that the regular Gospel text for today comes from the Gospel according to St. Matthew, beginning in the 33rd verse of chapter 21. In that passage, we see Jesus continue to confront the Pharisees through the use of parables. He asked them about what a master would do if the tenants on his vineyard refused to supply fruit to the master. They killed each of the messengers sent to obtain the fruit. And then finally, when the master sent his own son, the tenants killed the master's son as well. What should the master do, asked Jesus. Kick them out of the vineyard and kill those miserable wretches, reply the Pharisees. Within a few moments, though, the Pharisees realize that Jesus has actually been talking about them. The Master is God the Father, the messengers are the various prophets that the people of Israel have ignored and even killed, and the Master's own son is Jesus, whom they, the chief priests and Pharisees, want to kill and have been plotting that death and their desire to kill him. Now, confronted with this message, the chief priests and Pharisees want to kill Jesus all the more. Ultimately, what we see in the typical reading for this Sunday of the liturgical year is another explanation of how it is the stubborn refusal to accept Jesus as the Son of God, to refuse to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, to refuse the gospel message of God's grace through Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, is these refusals that cause a person to be kicked out of the kingdom, the vineyard in the parable, and be left in a state of condemnation. I'll point that out, left in a state of condemnation. The Gospel according to John in chapter 3, verse 18 says that God does not condemn anyone, but we are already condemned by our own sins. It is Jesus that gives us the chance to escape the condemnation that we are already in. But that those refusals is what leave us in a state of condemnation, and therefore we are bound to hell or put to death according to the parable if we continue in that stubborn refusal to accept Jesus. It is an important passage, and we will pay it closer attention the next time it comes around in the lectionary cycle. But today happens to be the 4th of October, and the 4th of October is the Feast of of St. Francis. I'm always happy when St. Francis' feast comes around. When we were attempting to grow a new parish in this area, it was named St. Francis as the patron of the parish, and today would be considered our patronal observation and opportunity for a party. While still in the army, I was promoted to major on the feast of St. Francis. The promotion was actually effective the day before, but the ceremony was on the feast day. Other significant events have occurred for me on the Feast of St. Francis. I've been on pilgrimage to Assisi and seen many of the key locations of the significant events in St. Francis' life. I have been to and spent some time in the monastery founded by, founded by St. Francis in Santiago de Compostela when he made his own pilgrimage on the Camino de Santiago in the year 1214. I have studied the life of St. Francis, his story, a life lived without Christ, his conversion, 
and the life he lived with Christ after that conversion are certainly reasons to set a day aside each year to honor his life and from doing so learn how to live better Christian lives ourselves. In doing this, or for the sake of doing this, we use for today's Gospel reading the 11th chapter of the Gospel according to St. Matthew, beginning in the 25th verse. In a short passage, I will read it here. At that time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. As a form of brief history, St. Francis was born in the city of Assisi in 1182. The name given St. Francis at his birth was Giovanni di Pietro di Bernardoni. Giovanni of Pietro of Bernardoni. Pietro di Bernardoni was a textile merchant and an extremely wealthy man. He was one of the wealthiest men in the city of Assisi. He loved France and French culture. So even though he had, say, he had named his son Giovanni, or John if we were to say it in English, he quickly nicknamed him Francesco, or as we know him, Francis, meaning little Frenchy. Francis grew up with every luxury that could be had in the late 1100s, and it can be said that he lived a life quite similar to that, what we would call the spoiled little rich kid. Francis threw the best parties, and he loved to run the streets. When Francis was around, men kept their wives and daughters inside. The one thing Francis did not have that he wanted more than anything else was nobility. While Pietro had all the riches a person could spend, he was only a merchant, not a noble. The nobles, even when they were flat broke, received all the attention and the deference by the people. Nobility, a prize won by being born into the right family tree. No work or effort or qualifications required. A privilege of birth not earned, only inherited, and as a result, the people, the average citizens, were required to treat you with respect and deference. And that is what Francis wanted for his family. He desired honors to be bestowed. He wanted the reality that his family was the richest in town because they had worked their way up through skill and intelligence and to be recognized and respected as a result. But no matter what, the nobles are born noble and will always be nobles, even when flat broke. And because they're nobles, treated with respect. 
And the commoners are born common and will always be common, even if the richest in town. And because they are common, they will always be treated as common. Except one extreme exception. Earn a knighthood. This is not just going off to war and soldiering well, but go and display such overwhelming gallantry on the battlefield that the nobility recognize you as so incredibly amazing that they desire to declare you to be a noble by granting the knighthood. So when war broke out, Francis decided he would go and earn a knighthood, but instead he was captured. He spent a year or so as a prisoner of war, when he finally returned to Assisi after his ideal ordeal, he was a broken man. A brief reflection on the post-war activities that Francis engaged in and the signs of PTSD are readily apparent. He was so out of control that his father Pietro had a prison cell built within his home and jailed Francis so he would not get in any further trouble in town. Ultimately, Francis did what many with PTSD do. He looked for another opportunity to go to war. The Crusades were going on, and Francis decided to be a crusader, and off to war he went. But Francis did not get very far. He was barely on the, past the edge of the city when he heard God's voice calling to him. He turned from his path. He went to the little dilapidated church of San Damiano, and there praying to understand what was going on and to understand the calling he heard, the voice of Jesus came to Francis from the cross and gave Francis a mission, rebuild my church. Francis, from that moment on, was turned to God and the doing of God's will. Francis gave up everything that he had. He went from desiring nobility to desiring poverty. He went from throwing parties for the biggest names in town to tending the needs of lepers and beggars. He went from trying to build his own little kingdom to being a builder of the kingdom of God. He did not expect anyone to join him in this effort, but there are now more Franciscans, those monastic followers of St. Francis, than people can count. He went from being wise, cunning, and scheming how to advance the family to being known as God's fool a man with childlike faith. He went from resenting his common birth and desiring nobility to serving the king of heaven who had emptied himself of all of his privileges to be born in an animal pen and laid in a manger as a crib. He went from being the absolutely richest kid in town who craved honor to being the poorest beggar, rejecting his family wealth, and only having what people would give him, happy in his extreme poverty, his labor, his heavy burden, and his service to God. And in the end, he absolutely exhausted himself. His body was broken, fully spent for the sake of spreading the gospel. He began to wonder if it were enough, if he had done well in the sight of the Lord. And it was then that Francis had a dream. He was asked, if through all of your troubles on earth was turn if all your troubles on earth 
The earth itself was turned to gold, all the stones turned precious, and all the water into balsam, that precious fragrant oil used to create the balm of Gilead. Would your suffering be worth it? Francis answered that it would be indeed worth the exchange. And in reply, Francis heard, Then take your rest, for that is what awaits you in my kingdom. When Francis died, he was almost immediately recognized as a saint, a status of nobility granted by one king only, the king of all creation. St. Francis's life is a conversion story that shows that no matter how wild a life one has lived, God can call you to him. St. Francis's life is a healing story that shows no matter how broken one's life has become, God can heal and take brokenness and turn it into greatness. And St. Francis's life is a living story that shows how, when one lives for God, God will receive you into the riches of his kingdom. And at that time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you've hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to the little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Amen.